Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Let's go to Galatians 5. I'm going to hurry tonight. I don't want to keep you maybe maybe 40 minutes, 30 minutes. But uh, I want to talk to you about this uh, subject of increase by love. Increase by love or increase through love. But uh, I know that we're believing for increase. You're believing for increase. I'm believing for increase. One of the five things that the Lord said to Pastor Michelle that was going to be necessary in the season that we're walking into is the love wall. One thing that the Lord said to us in the word that he gave us, he said that it was going to be imperative, it was going to be important that people uh, walk in the word, walk in love, and walk in peace. And uh, anything that God wants to bring into your life will more often than not be contingent upon love. And and it will be love-centered, it will be love-driven. And uh, we have to understand that because uh, increase, amen, comes by faith. And faith is energized by love. Galatians 5, 6 in the King James Bible says, uh, for in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision availeth anything but faith which worketh by love. Faith which worketh by love. Preposition by, it, de- it denotes the, the engine. It denotes uh, what drives it. The Weiss Bible says, it is faith coming to effective expression through love. All right? Uh, Another translation says, love sets faith in motion. Love sets faith in motion. The Amplified Bible says, only faith activated, energized, expressed, and working through love. All right? That's how faith operates. Love, faith, I should say, only comes to effective expression through love. So my faith can effectively be expressed when I'm operating in love. Hallelujah. All right? Now, that could be your faith in witnessing to people. You're sharing your faith effectively because you love them and you care about them and you're sharing your faith effectively or what you're believing for, what you're believing for where your increase is concerned or whatever the case may be, it will be effective by the love walk. It'll be effective by the love walk. Amen. So faith is only, love, faith is only set in motion by love. Faith is activated and energized through love. So what does that tell us? Without faith, love, without love, faith has no energy. It has no way to express itself effectively. Without love, faith cannot express itself effectively. That's why what people call faith failures, very often it's not a faith failure, it's a refusal to walk in love. 
I've, I've taught on that before about supposed faith failures. In the book, Every Day is a Faith Day, we talk about supposed faith failures. Well, the faith you have comes from God's Word. It was given to you by God. God's faith can't fail. All right? But Peter said there were additives that we had to add to faith. And one of the additives that we're to add to faith is love and forgiveness and compassion. And he said when you add those additives to your faith that you won't fail. All right? This, this is important because... Uh, uh, People will say, well, I knew that person and their faith failed. And they'll hear Brother Hagin tell stories about investigating and finding out that person was offended or walking in unforgiveness. And here's the problem with that is people begin to make that one size fits all. And then whenever somebody's struggling in any area, they'll always point it back to that. And they start searching for unforgiveness and offense. Well, I don't believe that you're walking in unforgiveness or offense. But here's the thing. Here's the thing that you got to understand. Why would he investigate that? Because, listen, out of all the things that could be detrimental to your faith, Jesus only mentioned unforgiveness. And if that's the only one Jesus mentioned, that must be the biggest one. Is that right? Must be. And so somebody will say, that person's faith failed. Wonder why their faith failed. Or they weren't walking in love. Or they weren't forgiving. Whatever, whatever it may be. Amen. Their faith was not able to come to full expression. Look here at Mark 11. Hallelujah. This is where you grow. I've said this a lot over the years. You don't grow by shouting. You don't grow by dancing. You don't grow by running. You grow by eating the word. Amen. I, I have to grow in these things. Amen. One, one of the greatest revelations of, of my life where the love walk is concerned is, is to understand that walking in love is not hard. I am born of love. Love is my nature. Why? God is my father, and God is love. When I let the new nature have the preeminence in my life, love's going to be the guiding force. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Did you see that? Love's going to be the guiding force. And when you're constantly responding in love, God's constantly responding in kind. Amen. When you're constantly responding in love to everybody, God responds that way to you. And, and, that, and, that's, why, and that's why he'll respond, for instance, in the area of increase. He'll respond with increase because he's responding in love to you. If I won't respond in love to my brother, God can't respond in love to me. You know what the Bible says? It says, how can you say that you love God whom you've not seen when you don't love your brother who you have seen? This is important. Why? Because it's the difference between success and failure in every area. Amen. Mark 11, verse 23. 
Notice Jesus said, Truly I say to you that whosoever shall say to this mountain, Be removed and cast into the sea and will not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things that he saith will come to pass. He'll have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, what things soever you desire, believe that you, when you pray, believe you receive them and you will have them. And, now, and, I know we say this a lot, is a conjunction. It's connecting the thoughts. Is that right? Have you ever thought somebody was done talking and they went, oh, and, well, that means stop. They're not done. Right? So I think sometimes we do a disservice to these verses because we snatch them out of the complete context. And, and you can because it's talking about authority and faith and words, and that's all true. But there's an and. Therefore, when you pray, believe that you receive and you'll have. And when you stand praying, now don't separate those because people will quote verse 24. When you pray, believe that you receive and you'll have. But he said, while you're standing, praying, believing that you receive, if you have all against any, 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 anybody, any person, any man, any woman, you, if you have all against you, is that what he says? Could you show me that in Amplified Bible, my friend, please? Hallelujah. <laughs> Do you see this? But say it out loud. Say, I am of love. love. Walking in love walking is easy for me. Easy for say it again. I am of love. Am of love. So walking in love so is easy for me. Easy. Whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him. Let it drop. Leave it. Let it go. Why? in order that your heavenly father, your father who is in heaven will forgive you your own failings and shortcomings, and notice, and let them drop. Now, what does this mean? If you won't forgive, there's things God can't let drop for you. Amen. That's powerful but you can do it. Why? Because we're asked to in the Word. Remember, remember the, the, the story Jesus told? And you'll remember this because you're good Bible people. But remember, it says that this, this, uh, this ruler found out that uh, his, uh, the guy that was, uh, uh, owed him some money, and he said, I want you to pay him. It was like $12 million. He said, pay me what you owe, or I'm going to put you in prison. Remember what it says? It says he fell down on his knees before him, begged him, said, be patient with me, and I'll pay you all. And the Amplified Bible says, frankly, he forgave him the debt. Just said, you don't owe me anything. Right? And then it says that same guy that, that had owed $12 million and was forgiven of it went out and found a guy that owed him $20. And the Weiss Bible says he grabbed him by the neck and went to choking him, shaking him. Pay me what you owe me. 20 bucks. And it says the man fell down on his knees and said the same thing. Be patient with me and I'll pay you all of it. He said, no, put him in prison. And it says when the Lord of those servants found out about it, he was angry. 
and he brought him to him and said, I forgave you a debt that you couldn't pay, and then you wouldn't forgive your brother. He said, now put him in prison until he pays all of it. Watch the rest of that. Jesus said, that's how your heavenly father will deal with you if you don't from the heart forgive your brother. Amen. What does that mean? You get locked up and you can't get out when you don't forgive. Right. You're in bondage, not just to the person, you're in bondage to unforgiveness. And there's things God can't do for you. I remember one time I was teaching along these lines here in this church on a Wednesday night. And, and there was a lady, I'd never seen her before, and, and, I, and I was walking out, and she was about back where Sister Nancy is, and uh, she came up to me, and you know, you can kind of tell when people are about to let you have a piece of their mind. I don't know if you can tell. I can tell. Right? They have that piece of their mind look. I mean, she didn't even wait to get in front of me to put her hands on her hips. She came hands on her hips. I need to ask you a question. I said, okay. She said, are you telling me I have to forgive the person that abused me? I said, no, ma'am. I'm not telling you you have to. You, you can do whatever you want. But the Bible says if you want God to be able to do certain things for you, you got to forgive. She looked at me and said, I'll never do that and walked out. I don't know what happened to her. But here's my point. I know this. Unless she forgave, she's in bondage somewhere. Amen. Amen. Yeah, but that person smeared me. That person tried to do this. They lied on me. Forgive them. Forgive them. Mm -hmm. Pastor, it's not that easy. Okay, help me. Let's say this again. Say, I am of love. I am of love. Forgiveness is easy for me. Forgiveness is easy for me. That's it. That's it. So Jesus said, while you're praying, believing that you receive, forgive. You know, everybody in here has to forgive somebody every day. Amen. Is there anybody in here besides me that oftentimes you have to forgive the person driving in front of you? <laughs> See, I am in the right church. You are like your spiritual father. God bless you. Right? I mean, because the, the fact of the matter is, we're, we are so much the better driver. We are so good. Right? Right? We're so good that we never look in the rearview mirror to see the person behind us going, What is wrong with you? And, you know, then you apply it to everybody in the city. I'll tell you what, these Johnson County drivers, I don't know what's wrong with them. Tell you what, these Leavenworth County drivers. These people over here in the dot. That's why they call it the dot. Right? I mean, it's the whole city. These people in Little Rock, I'm telling you what, got their license out of a Cracker Jack box. Right? Now, now we, we laugh about that, and we should, because, I mean, everybody's done it. So they cut you off. Now I have a choice. Wait a minute. You know, they can't hear you yelling. Right? 
Why lay on the horn? Well, they're just going to laugh. <laughs> right? Lord, I forgive them. Because, see, they may not have done anything wrong. You just feel wrong. See, this is, this, is, this is not the challenge, per se, with forgiving or walking in love. It's the mindset shift. Did they do something wrong to me because they're driving a way that I don't think they should drive? You're driving the way you think you should drive. Right? And you'll see people, right? And you'll see people driving down the road, and if they're too close, you're like, my Lord, they're an accident looking to happen. And you see somebody holding back, you're going, come on, Grandpa! <laughs> well, which is it? Well, what do we want them doing? Sniffing our tailpipe or driving five car lengths back? I mean, which one's right? <laughs> you know, and, and you're behind me. Oh, what is, what is wrong with them? And the first, then a car comes by you on this, and, you're, and you get around them, and you're like. <laughs> in your car. <laughs> and from the back, you hear your child go, come on, people. <laughs> Where did they learn that? <laughs> and then you look in the mirror. You, you, you taught them. I'm using a humorous example to say, do you understand that? Which is right. I'm upset because they're too close. I'm upset because they're too far back. Do you know what the speed limit is? They do, and you're not going it. Speed limit 70. Why are they going 65? Who cares? All I'm trying to say, just move out of my way. You're the tortoise, I'm the hare, move. <laughs> you know, we're laughing because we've all done it. And, and, and I'm not telling you you're sinning, but here's, right? I, I'm not. But, but here's, here's what I'm saying. If we look at the fallacy of it, who's right? And who determines if I'm right? Who's the perfect driver? Is it, is it the right? There are none. How many times a day have you had to forgive people you work with? Hey, forgive him. Just forgive him. My Lord. But, but we have to, right? We, we, we have to. What would you do if I told you your raise and your bonus depended on your forgiveness? I'd get in there and forgive, right? Because of, of my, my increase. Now, again, I'm not, I'm not being heavy-handed. We all got things we got. Listen, I got as much to do or more than anybody in here every day. I drive back, I drive back and forth to this church twice a week, 600 miles round trip. 
You know how many bad drivers I get to see? It's like it's plainly stated. Don't drive in the left lane unless you're passing. I need to pass. Why are you in this lane? What are you doing? And then you go by them, and they know what they're doing. They look the other way. They know. The other day I was driving home. I don't know what, what was going on. Is it, I, I don't know what it was. But you get, you get on the, the, the pass over the, the, the little mountains there, and, and you get, I mean, if trucks everywhere. And, the, and there's a Walmart truck over here. It's a Walmart thing. It's a, it's a, it's a conspiracy. And <laughs> the Walmart truck is driving, and the other truck tries to come around him. Walmart speeds up. The other truck can't go around him. Walmart speeds up. So a guy gets over behind this truck. I'm behind that guy. Another truck comes up here. Then there's a truck behind me. I'm like, I'm a truck sandwich. <laughs> Nobody's driving. And you can just see the guy in the truck up there going, <laughs> Breaker, breaker, one, nine. Look at this I got going on. <laughs> and you know he's probably not really doing that, but that's what you're thinking. You know, and you, and you drive by, and you're trying to look at him. And the whole time you're trying to look at him, you can't see what's going on here. You're about to kill yourself. I mean, what are you going to do? I'm driving a Hyundai. He's in a Peterbilt. He's not worried. Nothing against a Hyundai, but this Hyundai, I got something against it. I'll drive past Ron's Hyundai, not this one. Now, honestly, I, I, I know it's funny, and I want it to be lighthearted, but I, I want you to see that. So, so, so where's the issue? They're not doing what I want them to do. That's the problem. It's not that they're a good driver or a bad driver. There are bad drivers, right? How many know some? Then raise your hands. It's true, right? Don't look at the person next to you. Don't look at him. No, don't, don't. Listen, we know. I'm going to come back here and tell Jamie, we know. We know. All right? <laughs> So, so I'm, I'm forgiving. Yeah, but they cut me off. Forgive them. I know it's frustrating, but forgive them. I said, right? That's a little thing. If you, if you forgive the guy that cut you off, you'll forgive the server that gives you bad service. If you forgive the server that gives you bad service, you'll forgive the rude bank teller. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. But listen, if, if there's big areas I need to operate forgiveness in, I'll never get there if I don't start with the guy that cut me off. Right? Does that make sense? I'm, I'm going to share something I haven't shared 
I, I, I haven't shared this in years. When I, when I was a young man, when I was a young man, there was uh, an older man that abused me. And I, I got older into adult life, and I was trying to believe God for things. And something kept coming up that was stopping me. And I was sitting, I remember, this is how long, this is how recent it was. Now, it wasn't super recent. Pastor Michelle and I were sitting at Mi Ranchito, I don't know, 20 years ago. And I just started crying. I just started crying. I said, I kept investigating why this came up, why I keep hitting this wall, and the Lord brought this to me. And I told her, I got to forgive that person. And I looked at my wife, and I said, I need you to help me do it because I don't know how to do it. I, I mean, I'm just, listen, I'm being transparent for a minute. If, 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 if you're a man and you've ever been violated by somebody, it is the most demeaning feeling in the world. It tries to take your masculinity from you. Because in the back of your mind, it's screaming, something's wrong with you. You must be attracted to men, something. What's wrong? You follow me? I'm sharing this with you for a reason. If I don't forgive, I'm going to be hindered. And I remember sitting there with my wife with tears coming down my eyes, and I said, I for, and I called his name, I forgive him. And I'm not, I'm not, going, to let that, I'm not going to let that hold me in bondage anymore. Right? Was it easy? No. I'm going to tell you why it wasn't easy. I hated him. I hated him. Just thinking about him made my skin crawl. Amen. Now, you may not have that bad of a situation, but the issue is the forgiveness had to be there because if I don't forgive, I can't move forward. Yeah, but Pastor, he's not worthy of forgiveness. That's not what the Bible says. What, whatever happens, whatever happens in his life is what's going to happen. My job is forgive. I say my job is forgive. Say it out loud. My job is to forgive. Amen. Hallelujah. Do, do you understand that? Now, that, that's not an issue for me anymore because I've forgiven. And if I forgive, what do I do? What did the Bible say in Mark 11? You leave it, let it go, let it drop. That's it. You, that, I say that's it. Right? And, 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 and so if I can forgive that, I can forgive on a daily basis, right? Oh, hallelujah. Effective faith requires forgiveness, and forgiveness is born of love. See, faith has to be accompanied with an attitude of love. And when I remember what Jesus forgave me of, it makes me more than willing to forgive others. Amen. Amen. Look at Colossians 3. And uh, verse 12. Notice what he says. We'll read through verse 14. But on therefore is the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, Forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against you, even as Christ forgave you, 
so also do you. And above all these things, but on love, which is the bond of perfectness. Mm. Hallelujah. The Amplified Bible says, even as and in the degree that the Lord forgave, you also forgive. And upon all these, put on divine and self-sacrificial love, which is a binding factor of completeness. Oh, hallelujah. So what does love do? It binds everything together. Now what it says? It binds everything together. When it says that we are to be forbearing, Scripture says forbearing one another, it means to bear with, to bear with. See, forgiveness means forgive graciously. I forgive graciously. Hallelujah. You bear with your brother, your sister, where they're at, where, they're, where they've grown to. You bear with them and what? Forgive them. Wherever they're at, whatever level of maturity they're at, maybe they're as far as long as you, maybe they're not as far along, then you bear with them. Help them grow. Forgive them. Somebody might not have control over their emotions. Somebody may be easily offended. Well, what do you do? You, for, you bear with them. You bear with them. You travail in birth again till Christ be formed in them. Amen. Hallelujah. I was talking in discipleship class about how that's, that's got to be your that's got to be your mindset. That's got to be your lifestyle. Amen. You you bear with them. I like to say it this way: you you got to choose your battles because there are things that just don't matter. I asked somebody one time, you willing to die on that hill? Because that's, that's it. You're making that the end all be all. You can bear with that person and forgive them. Amen. Amen. Well, they're going to grow. That person sitting next to you, now, not really, but you, you understand. I mean, don't look at them. <laughs> Just sit straight ahead nobody will know Right? But here's the thing. Whatever they did, they're going to outgrow it. Amen. They're going to grow up into Christ. And you'll help them if you forgive them. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Do you see that? If, if, listen, if you've ever raised children and, you, and you're dealing with certain things, I remember when, uh, uh, of course, we had, we had uh, uh, potty trained Lily and and she was good there to go all day, you know, no accidents. But we had some issues at night. I mean, going to sleep, you know, learning how to, right? And so we, we instituted some things, no, no liquids after this time of night. And, and, you know, she wore a pull-up. Well, we decided one day, and with her agreement, and, and you know that, that, okay, it's time to, to graduate. It's time to, to start, and so we're going to help you. Well, you know, there were some accidents. You know, the first thing we had to overcome with her was her shame of having an accident. What did we have to do? We had to bear with her. So, right? We have an intercom in our room. You know, she has a deal in her room. We have an intercom in our room. For Lily to get our attention, she howls. Oh, oh, oh. 
You say, that's weird. It's my kid. It's, it's all right. <laughs> we, we watched the movie one time called Zootopia. Any of you parents ever watched Zootopia? All right, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Right, well, remember, remember when they said, they said, no, 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 be quiet. You'll start a howl. Yeah. Right, and the wolf went, Woo, and now, right? Well, that, that was Lily's thing. We all had howls going on. So we still have a howl. And so we'd get a howl. And, and in the beginning, and going there, I had an accident. Well, you know what you got to do at 3 o'clock in the morning? If there's an accident, you got to get up, get some dry clothes on, strip the bed down, put a dry sheet on, right? And the whole time the child's saying, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. And what do you do? Baby, it's okay. It's all right. It's no big deal. This is easy. Easy fix. Amen. Right? Why would I do that? She's a child. I got to recognize the maturity level of people that I'm dealing with and be gracious and forgive graciously. What do you do to a child when you go, what in the world, are you ever going to get this? Right? You shut them off. Am I right or not? Right? But what about if you're forgiving? Look, it's okay. Yeah, but people need to grow up. I know they need to grow up, but how are they going to grow up? I wanted wanted my child to go back to bed feeling the confidence from the love and the affection of her parents then going back to bed feeling like, boy, I'm a failure and I missed it and I blew it. Amen. Right? That's how people are in the church. Every one of us are going to miss it. That's why we need people that are alongside us to say, you know what? I understand. Look, I forgive you. It's not that you don't need to grow. And there's a time to look at somebody and go, look, you need to grow up. But how do you do that? How do you speak the truth? Help me. How does Ephesians say you speak the truth? In what? In love. You speak the truth in love. I love you, so I'm telling you the truth. Right? But speaking the truth in love is not condescending. It's not overbearing. You want them to grow. Tell your neighbor, say, I want you to grow. Tell them, say, I really want you to grow. See, this is important because the Bible says in the book of Ephesians that every part of the body has to grow so they can bring their supply. This is important. Right? When I first started pastoring, the question I asked a lot was, are they ever going to get it? And you know what the question they were asking about me? Is he ever going to get it? That's just the reality of it. Amen. You know there are people sitting in this room tonight that I ask, are they ever going to get it? Guess what? You got it. Amen. Yolanda, don't laugh. I'm not pointing at you. <laughs> I said that, and your alarm was like, hey. <laughs> it's the goose talking. Right? What I, what I hope we're getting out of this is when you graciously forgive, you open up the channel for more in your life. But you do it graciously. You don't forgive people like you're doing them a favor. Well, yeah, I'll forgive you. 
kiss my ring one more time. <laughs> and you don't forgive. Just to, how do, Lord, help me say this right. Especially in the home. You don't forgive and not expect people to grow. Again, when, when I'm dealing with children, the child will come and say, I made a mistake. I'm sorry, please forgive me. I do, I forgive you. Now, how can we make sure this doesn't happen again? Amen. Right? How can we make sure this doesn't happen again? The other night, Pastor Michelle was saying something, and, and Lily kind of answered a little abrupt. And so it was getting time to go take a bath, and, and so Mama went in to run the water, and I set her down on the couch. I said, now, we need to talk about this. I said, because Mama asked you something, and, and you know, not necessarily what you said was wrong, but the way you said it. Because Mama asked you something, you went, no. I said, that's not how we answer. Not how we answer. Right? We have sweet words. You understand? Amen. Daddy, I'm sorry. Okay, I forgive you. We're not going to answer that way no more, right? I forgive you, but you got to change. Right? So I don't forgive and just let the behavior persist. Remember what Jesus said? He said, if, if there's a problem, he said, go to your brother alone and talk to him. And if they want to fix it, if they don't want to fix it, he said, go get somebody else and go to them. And then if they still don't want to fix it, take them before the church. Is that right? Well, what's he saying? Go give them a chance to change the behavior. And if they don't want to change the behavior, then you up the pressure. Right? Does that make sense? The avenue to increase will open to you the easier you forgive. Hallelujah. I got to almost be done, but let, let me hurry. Charity, when it says charity here, is agape. That's the highest kind of unselfish love. Agape. The bond of perfectness carries the idea that love is the belt that holds the rest in place. It's the garment that's worn over all the rest and binds everything else together. Hallelujah. First Peter chapter 4, verse 8, in the Amplified Bible says, Above all things, have intense and unfailing love for one another, for love covers a multitude of sins, forgives, disregards the offenses of others. You see that? Above all things, have intense and unfailing love for one another. Love covers a multitude of sins, forgives and disregards the offenses of others. Whew. That's powerful. See, that's the love we have for each other. Covers a multitude of sins. You know what a multitude is? An innumerable amount. If you looked over a crowd and you said, boy, there's a multitude, it means you don't, there's so many, you, you, you don't know how many there is. Now, this is Peter that came to Jesus and said, Lord, if my brother trespasses against me today and asks me to forgive him, how many times should I forgive him? Seven times seven, seven times? 
Jesus said, no, Peter, 490 times. He got the message. He got the message. Love covers a multitude of sins. What covers it? And how many does it cover? Multitude. Say it out loud. I'm born of love. Walking in love is easy. Forgiving is easy. Isn't that wonderful? Let, let, let's, let's finish it up. 1 Corinthians 13, 5. 1 Corinthians 13, 5. The word fervent went in 1 Peter when it uses the word fervent in the King James. It's translated stretched out. And here's what it suggests. The, the, the taut muscles, the tightened muscles of a sustained effort of an athlete. All right? So this person is actually working on this love. They're holding that love fast. All right? It's important. Because I, I've learned, if you want every day to be a faith day, every day's got to be a love day. Amen. That, that, is, that is so key. Amen. 1 Corinthians 13, 5. I'll read it to you from the Weiss Bible and the Amplified Bible. The Weiss Bible says, love does not take into account the evil that it suffers. Doesn't write it down. Doesn't keep a record. All right? Now, we hear things like that about love. Well, you shouldn't keep a record of wrongs. I, I understand that, but th this is how we live. Takes no account of the evil that it suffers. Now, the first thing that comes into people's mind, well, I don't want just people to walk all over me. That's not a love thought. Brother Hagin said this. He said, if you ever look at somebody and think they don't like me, he said, you just stepped out of love because you're not thinking the best of your brother. Amen. I mean, how do you know they don't like you? Now, I've had people tell me they don't like me. So I knew. But I still had to forgive them. Amen. Right? I don't want to drag this out, but we got to get this. So when wherever you're at, you're in church, you're on your job, whatever, how do you know that person don't like you? And if you think they don't like you, what's the Bible say you do to people that don't like you? Pray for them. Amen. Do good to them. Now, here's the first thing I want to say. So that sounds easy, but then there's the doing of it. Isn't it easier just to stay away from people you don't think like you? But what happens? You don't grow. Right. My wife used to talk about people that are in your life that are sandpaper. But it's true. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Amplified Bible says, it pays no attention to a suffered wrong. No attention. What does that mean? Love's not spiteful. It doesn't have any sharp edges. Amen. And, and you practice. Where do you practice that? You practice at home. If you can walk in love at home, you can walk in love with anybody. You just can't the love the, the home's the laboratory. Amen. The home's the laboratory. And you're and you're walking in love with your family, and you're walking in love with your wife, and you're walking in love with your husband, and you're walking in love with your kids. You don't allow coarse words, you don't allow harsh words, 
You don't allow, you don't allow meanness. You don't allow flesh. Why? Because we're walking in love. Amen. Think about this. Now, I'm almost done. Bear with me. You don't have anywhere to go, right? Except home. Get a sandwich. I'm going to have one. But think about this. If, if you're married in here, now think about this. For most, Now, I don't live with y'all, so I don't know. So if you don't do this, don't lie and say you do. But I know you do because I know you're lovely people, and I don't know what your pet name for your spouse is, all right? Mine is Sweetie. No, for her, Sweetie. She's Sweetie, <laughs> right? When I call her, I tell Siri, Siri, call Sweetie. And Siri goes, calling Sweetie, Sweetie. Because <laughs> Sweetie's her first name and Sweetie's her last name, right? So Sweetie. I also like to call her my bride. Hello, my bride, right? Just, just me, all right? You do whatever you want. But whether it's honey, baby, honey, baby, baby, honey. What? It, what? What'd you say? Sugar. <laughs> He's practicing. But let, let's just say it's honey. Why do you call her honey? Sweet words. Why do you call him sweetheart or baby or whatever? Love of my life, right? What are those words? Sweet words. Hard to walk in unforgiveness with somebody that calls you sweetie. Darling, baby, right? How hard is it to forgive somebody that calls you the old lady? Right? Or the old man? Or the battle axe? Right? No forgiveness. going to be hard. Right? That's why, I'm, that's why I'm telling you. You use those sweet words. What, what about your tone? Quiet, calm. Don't raise your voice. Amen. I'm helping somebody. No, no need for raised voices. We don't have that. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not bragging on my family. I'm telling you, that's how love responds. You, you don't want that in your home. Why? That, set, that sets up an atmosphere for strife and unforgiveness. Is that right? And if you feel yourself getting agitated, stop. Walk out of the room. Just walk out of the room. Come, come back and answer quietly. Why? Because you're forgiving. That, when people come into your home, they should sense the love of God. Amen. I've had counseling sessions with people and them show up and I knew they bickered all the way. They're arguing about coming to counseling. Amen. This is important. I'm not trying to drag it out, but I need you to see that. 
And so when you set when you set that as the standard and you tell your children we don't have cross words in our home. Amen. Listen, brother, brother, my adult children want to act like it now or not. That's how we raised them. I can't help how they're living now. I know how they were raised. Amen. I had one of my adult children tell me one time, you know, the way you raised us, that was a little bit inhibiting. And I said, you know what? I wouldn't change it at all. I'd do it all the same way. You say, they like that? No, they didn't like that. I, ha I have no regrets. I have nothing to be forgiven for. Here, here's the point, though. Why, why do you do that? Because you don't want those cross words going on in your home. Amen. Forgiveness is the rule. We forgive quickly. We forgive easily. We forgive at the drop of a hat. Forgive me. Done. Done. I've had people say, Pastor, please forgive me. Done. I, I had a man, a leader in, in uh, Little Rock one time. They came up to me, and, they, and, and, and I was in a hurry, but I wasn't being flippant to them. But they said, Pastor, I really need you to forgive me. I said, done, and walked off. They said, wait a minute, you don't know what it is. I said, I don't even know what it is. You asked me to forgive you. It's done. Amen. Right? Amen. Practice that. Look to your neighbor and say, please forgive me. Now, the one that, that, that said, now say, Done. 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 That's what God said. The moment you went to him the other day when you missed it and said, Father, forgive me, he said, Done. Amen. Done. And don't let that cross into your mind. You know, well, I got to hold him accountable. No, 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 you don't. No, you don't. You forgave it. And I'm not touching it. I'm not touching it with my mind. I'm not touching it with my words. I forgave that. Let me finish with this story. I had two people that were going to the church here at one time, and, and back then we had an overcomers group in the back, and we, we had quite a few people come in, the, and it was a lot of new believers, new converts. As a matter of fact, at that time, one of the new converts was John Sherry, and, and we had some other people that were, that were new converts. And this dear lady that was coming... Uh, she thought everything was a demon. If you burped, she thought you had a demon. She's going to cast that demon out of you, a burping demon. And cigarettes were a demon, and snuff was a demon, and everything was a demon. Demon of alcohol, demon of heroin, demon, demon, demon. Well, she wouldn't sit in on the overcomers group, so she asked the person that was running it if they could, and he said yes. And, well, I found out that she was coming to that meeting, so I started coming to the meeting. And I found out that she was taking some of those new converts to deliverance meetings and trying to get them delivered. Well, I went to her and I said, you're going to stop that. You're going to stop it right now. Well, she didn't stop it. You said, what would you do? I called her on the phone and said, don't come back. Just stay home. Don't come back. Because you're putting their Christian life at risk. I'm not going to have that. Well, I found out the leader of the overcomers group was doing the same thing. So I was here on Tuesday night. Overcomers was on Tuesday night. I saw him pull up in the parking lot. This is when I was going through this physical battle. I didn't even feel like being here, but I knew I had to be here. And I saw him pull up, 
and, and, and I went out and met him in the parking lot. He started opening the door, and I just put my leg up against his door. I said, don't even get out. He said, well, what's wrong? And I said, you know exactly what's wrong. I said, you're doing this. I've asked you not to do it, and you keep doing it. I've told you three times not to do it, and I just, you just need to go find another place to go to church. He said, well, where am I going to go? I said, I don't know, but it's not here. I wasn't being mean. I'd given him a chance to do the thing right. Well, he asked me in the car. He said, uh, he said uh, uh, well, you know, would you forgive me? I said, done. Now, that doesn't mean I'm going to get away from the door and let you come in my church. But I have forgiven you. Amen. He left. About an hour later, I was still here at the church because I had to run the overcomer meeting because I told the leader to leave. <laughs> and so my phone rings, and I picked up the phone. It was him, answered my phone. He goes, I just want to make sure you're not offended at me. I said, brother, I'm unoffendable. I said, I'm not offended at you. You're my brother in Christ. But you can't, you can't be doing what you were doing and expect me to be okay with it. Amen. You know, a couple years later, a few years later, three or four or five years later, uh, Earl, you remember out at uh, uh, Lansing, we used to have those Christmas parties every year. And uh, when, when Salvation Army would come and Tony T and all those guys. Yep. And uh, so in any event, uh, one year I looked up and, and there was Tony T, Tony Taylor, for those of y'all don't know, he was Steve's mentor that helped Steve get straight. And in any event, uh, he came in, and this guy was with him, and he was behind Tony. Well, Tony's a good friend of mine, and we shook hands and hugged each other, and the guy saw me, and boy, he wanted to duck out. And I just reached out and grabbed him and said, hey, how you doing? His name was Ron. I said, how you doing, Ron? Not this Ron, another Ron, all right? <laughs> this guy's name was Ron Meyer. And, and I just reached out and grabbed him, hugged him, told him how much I loved him. He was just like. He, could, he couldn't believe I was okay. Well, why, I forgave him. And you know why? He went on and working for the Lord and being fruitful. See, that released him and me. Amen. Amen. Nothing. Nothing can keep you in bondage if you'll forgive. Amen. It just can't. Amen. Let's stand up tonight. I, I've kept you a little long tonight. I went 10 minutes over.